0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office
1: feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft CoPilot. That feeling when CoPilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When CoPilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when CoPilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure that's microsoft copilot learn more at microsoft.com slash ai for all
0: he has parliament hill on speed dial and they know when the phone rings no comment is not an option this is the roy green show Well, today's program was not going to turn out the way it wasn't planned initially to turn out the way it has. But the interview that I aired yesterday with John Letts, the father of Jack Letts, also known as in British media as Jihadi Jack, created a tremendous amount of response, uh, emails, strong response on Twitter, there's uh, opinion on on Facebook, but. Uh, the response on email, where people can expand their thoughts a little more, was uh, strongly, strongly opinionated, even after Mr. Letts told us yesterday that he's convinced his son is not a member of ISIS, never was a member of ISIS. And this is the first time either parent has publicly talked about the entire case. There's a gag order in place in the UK because The parents are also charged with funding a terrorist organization because they were sending money to their son. And Jack Letts is pleading with Canada to admit him as a dual citizenship Canadian. The concern is that he may have been a member of ISIS. Again, even though his father insists his son, in fact, criticized ISIS in Raqqa and told an ISIS court they weren't true Muslims. And the question I have, and I asked Mr. Letts this yesterday, how do you survive that? How do you go to the... Caliphate, capital of Raqqa, self-declared, and tell an ISIS court that they're not true Muslims. I don't know how you survived that. I would have thought they would instantly execute somebody who said that. Anyway, Mr. Letts says his son was being hunted by ISIS for more than a year while he was hiding in Raqqa. So I want to play back for you the interview with John Letts from yesterday, because it is the first time. He writes actually in his email to me this morning. It's the first time we've been able to speak about the facts as we see them, given the gag that's in place over here, over here being the UK. So have a listen to, again, maybe you'll hear something new. And uh, there are listeners who weren't with us yesterday at this time, so you'll be hearing it for the first time. Have a listen to my conversation with the father of Jack Letts, dubbed in British media as Jihadi Jack, who wants to come to Canada. He's imprisoned by the Kurdish YPG fighters now, but he wants to come to Canada. We'll play the interview for you. Mr. Letts, thank you very much for taking the time.
1: Oh, my pleasure, Roy. Thank you for having me on your program.
0: Is your son a member of ISIS?
1: Oh, absolutely not. Never been. Um, Condemned him all the time. Uh, No, I, I... you know people can say i'm just a father in denial or i'm naive or anything like that but no there's never been any evidence to show that if there was i'd love to know it because if he really was a member of isis i'd be the first to queue up and condemn him uh no uh, and and nothing's been presented to show us to this he's been um against it from the beginning and by the way he only ended up in raqqa because he was hurt in in iraq he was living actually in iraq and his house was bombed apparently now you know i i say i uh, Obviously, I'm not there, and and really, Jack's got to speak for himself, from what we know. He only went to Raqqa towards the end of his trip um, there, uh, when he went there, and to to be treated in a hospital. It's not that he kind of ended up in the capital of the caliphate because he was part of such a caliphate.
0: Did he not, I understand, I I read that he, he wanted to go to the ISIS territory because he was of the view that they had, in fact, created a, a sort of a perfect Muslim state to live in. Do I understand that correctly? Uh,
1: well, I mean, I think, first of all, when he went, um, when he left Oxford, I, I, the caliphate hadn't been even declared, and not many people knew about ISIS. I mean, we we're, were kind of up on physical events, but I didn't really know what ISIS was very much. Uh, I think the concept of a caliphate um as much as we might think that's a horrible idea, or many of us do. I mean, I'm not a very religious fellow myself, um, but uh, I think there are a lot of Muslims who thought that perhaps there was some genuinely Islamic state was being created. And according to Jack and many people, I think, who have very strong Islamic views, that if there is, according to the Quran, from what I understand, if there is a genuine Islamic state... Um, well, Islamic society, that it's a duty of a, of a Muslim to live in it. Now, Jack has OCD. You've probably read that, too. Very intense child. When he gets into something, he's really into it. And he learned Arabic in six months, and he decided that this – I think his Islam had a lot to do with his OCD. I mean, we don't have time to go into that. But, um, I mean, I had no, we had no, obviously no idea he was going. He just went to learn Arabic in, in Kuwait. Uh, and only later did he phone and said, oh, yes, I, I'm in Syria, but I'm actually going to Iraq. Um, so he went, I think, to explore that idea. I mean, he's 18. He finished high school. He was full of energy. He wanted to. He said it's the duty of a Muslim to help other Muslims. And given what was going on in Syria, all the bombing and Assad, uh, the oppression that was going on, he said, maybe I can do something. And that was his language skills. And he could work in a hospital, he could work in a school, he could do something. And, you know, I would like him to answer this question, Roy, to be quite honest. I mean, you know, we, we well, we did what we could to, to help get him out, because mm-hmm. that's really what happened in the last 18 months before he left Raqqa, but papers don't seem to report. But I'm, it's really great to speak to someone directly like this, because obviously we haven't been able to talk about it to anyone, because of the gagging order that we're under.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. You sent him money. Your son asked for money. And it no, was, we tried to send him well, money. tried to send him money. Why did the British government take you to court for funding a terrorist operation? Is that correct? Uh,
1: uh, yes, that's the even worthwhile at the Old Bailey um, in the dock uh, in September. Um, but we're also challenging the whole law in the Supreme Court on April 19th. Uh, basically, for about, uh, well, for a year, uh, let's say, going... in 2015 this has been going on for such a long time Um, he was sending lots of messages to us saying I've got to get out of here please mom please dad you know they're hunting down my friends because we're all standing against them mean, there was resistance activity inside Raqqa against ISIS and he said I'm in hiding they have arrested me many times they put me on trial in Mosul but I I," and in the court um, one I don't think they expected them to speak Arabic and, and he defended himself, saying, well, that's actually against the Quran. You guys are not even Muslim, uh, going back to what you said earlier. <clears throat> so anyway, um, they put him in jail. But they always got, he was in house arrest where he escaped. But at the end, he was living in hiding. He said a lot of his friends had been killed. And the only way out is a people smuggler. Whether we like that term or not, it was the only way out. If ISIS catches you, caught you uh, escaping, um, they'd just chop your head off. And he said a lot of his friends had been killed. So we were getting these messages, which were really difficult, as a parent, and um, he said, and he would say, well, there's a window of opportunity. My friends are leaving with a people smuggler. If I can get a 1,000 pounds, then I can get out. Um, So we went to the police because the police said, we'd been working with the police, who kept the counterterrorism police in the UK, kept saying, you know, we're working together on this. We want to help you get him out. You know, we just want to question him. As far as we know, he's done nothing wrong. There's no evidence. There's no chit-chat on the social media about him. There's no photos of him posing with weapons. There's nothing like that but we want to detain him and, 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 and question him. And we, we thought that was great, please detain him. I don't have a problem with that. Um, so uh, we, so he sent a message, uh, right, this was in December, 2015. He said, look, with a thousand pounds, please, mom, uh, you send that, I, I, will, um, I can get out. So we went to the police and we asked the counter police and they said, yes, send the money. So we tried and, and the first one was blocked, but we thought it was just an administrative issue. And we tried to send another 500 think, being very naive but thinking it was just uh, an issue about they told us it was just about an issue sending money to that area and and um, obviously it was blocked by the police and then we were arrested i mean we'd been in we'd been we were also talking to all sorts of other groups we actually went to the high court to try to get permission to officially send it so we felt we would you know it's a canadian british citizen we just wanted to get him out i mean i was gonna give a penny Terrorism. I mean, that's outrageous. I've had friends who were caught in the bombing in London. I mean, I'm as terrified and upset and and, and fearful of of this extremism as anyone. Anyway, it was to get him out, and they put us on. So they arrested us. They threw us in jail in the summer of 2016. I spent a week on remand in what they say is the worst prison in in Europe. Uh, it was in solitary. I should point out, uh, literally no doctor, no phone call, no. No, not no lawyer, nothing for a week. So I nothing in the cell except an empty desk and a blocked up window. So he's had 35 days in solitary. So I I kind of understand what he must have gone through. So by the end of that one week, I was at the end of my tether. And Jack, obviously, if you've read the reports, was clearly at the end of his. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, so uh, that's so we were then released right away by another judge who said this is outrageous. These parents only did this to try to help their child. So. Um, and anyway, so it keeps being delayed because we've realized well we've challenged the law uh, on a point of law because the charge is extremely um, what's the word I mean
0: serious right it, I mean it's um
1: a- yeah well yeah it's serious but also the charges you know there was a risk that the money you tried to send could have been used for, for terrorism now I fully appreciate that I wouldn't want to give 10p to any extremist group like that. You know, we were
0: working with the police. Well, you did say that the the anti-terrorism police unit had told you to go ahead and send the money.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: So there's part one of the interview. We'll give you an opportunity on the phones to, later on this hour, decide whether you think that Jack Lett should be allowed into this country or not. Part two of the interview after this.